Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is June 21st. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog and we're going to continue along in this story of Pilate. Now we ended with verse 17 of Luke 23 yesterday, but let's talk about it again. Here at the Passover, it would seem that the Jews had a tradition to release a prisoner at that time. I talked yesterday about how interesting this is that we see this here because we don't see it anywhere in the Old Testament, but we know about this tradition here because of what happened at this Passover. In verse 16, it says that Pilate wants to chastise Jesus and release him. And then it says, for of necessity, he must release one unto them at the feast. So let's take a look at what happens next. Verse 18, and they cried out all at once saying, away with this man and release unto us Barbarus, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again unto them, but they cried saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them a third time, why, what evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. I appreciate Pilate here, how he is holding true to this. He's saying, I don't see anything going on. He tried three times to convince him, but eventually their cries were too loud for him and his fear of them outweighed his fear of what was right and good and true. Verse 23, and they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified and the voices of them and the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. The book of Matthew gives us a few more details that I think are really important to take a look at. In Matthew chapter 27, it says, When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. I always thought that was interesting because him saying, see ye to it and delivering Christ made him anything but innocent in that moment. Continuing on, it says, then answered all the people and said, his blood be upon us and upon our children. Then released he barbarous unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now that just seems like insult to injury, right? He delivers Christ, but before he delivers Christ, he's going to scourge him. That seems insane to me. There's a part of me that wants to say, well, maybe he had Jesus scourged so that that could be his punishment, that once the Savior was scourged and he delivered him to the Jews, that maybe they would have mercy and see that he had been punished enough. There's part of me that wants to say that, but then there's also a bigger part of me that thinks he would have known better how persistent the Jews were and how persistent the chief priests were. He would have known better than to think that they would have been merciful or satisfied with a scourging. Really quick, before we go further, I want to talk just a little bit about what this meant, being scourged by the Romans. It's interesting, the Romans were feared for their torture. They were known for being really, really merciless when it came to torture. And scourging was considered just about one of the most fearful things that the Romans did. It was absolute torture and it was horrible. And I don't want to get too 
deep into what all this meant, but I do want to get a better idea of what being scourged actually was and what it meant and what it would have been like for the Savior. So first of all, something to understand is that they would use something, a type of whip called a flagrum. And the flagrum was a whip that had three or four or sometimes multiple leather ends to it. But it wasn't just leather. They had weaved or placed in that leather metal balls or pieces of bone at the end of each leather piece. And so when someone was being scourged and they were whipped, it wasn't just the leather that was tearing into the skin. It was bone and metal and different things to not just cut the skin, but to tear it and to shred it. By Mosaic law, a scourging couldn't be more than 40 lashes. It's assumed that Roman law obeyed that Mosaic law and so that they would scourge the worst sinners and the worst offenders. They would scourge with 39 lashes. And it's believed that the Savior was scourged with 39 lashes as well. And again, not to get too graphic, but it's believed by most doctors that a scourging of this type that the Savior received wouldn't just damage the skin, but it would cause internal bleeding. It would cause collapsed lungs. It would cause the lungs to fill up with fluid. It would cause vomiting, seizures, tremors, passing out because of pain. This was a huge piece of what the Savior experienced for you and I. And I feel like sometimes we start in Gethsemane and we skip straight to the crucifixion without really considering what the Savior suffered at the hands of Pilate and the Roman soldiers. So after the scourging, Pilate delivers the Savior to the hands of the Jews and releases Barbarus. Now in his talk, None Were With Him, Elder Holland talks about this moment so beautifully. And so I want to play just a couple paragraphs of that talk because I feel like hearing it in his voice is just so powerful. Listen to what he says. Soon enough, he was arraigned before the Israelite leaders of the day. First Annas, the former high priest, then Caiaphas, the current high priest. In their rush to judgment, these men and their counsels declared their verdict quickly and angrily. What further need have we of witnesses, they cried. He's worthy of death. With that, he was brought before the Gentile rulers in the land. Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch of Galilee, interrogated him once, and Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor in Judea, did so twice, the second time declaring to the crowd, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man. Then, in an act as unconscionable as it was illogical, Pilate scourged Jesus and delivered him to be crucified. Pilate's freshly washed hands could not have been more stained or more unclean. Such ecclesiastical and political rejection became even more personal when the citizenry in the street turned against Jesus as well. It's one of the ironies of history that sitting with Jesus in prison was a real blasphemer, a murderer, a revolutionary known as Barabbas, a name or title in Aramaic meaning son of the father. Free to release one prisoner in the spirit of the Passover tradition, Pilate asked the people, Whither of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Barabbas. 
So one godless son of the father was set free while a truly divine son of his heavenly father moved on to crucifixion. I love the way Elder Holland teaches that and talks about the symbolism of Barabbas's name and what it means and how Christ as the actual son of God acted as the sacrificial lamb. It's interesting, there's so much symbolism here in Barabbas being released and the Savior moving on to crucifixion. As part of the law of Moses, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would select two goats, and one goat became a scapegoat, and he was released alive and allowed to be released into the wilderness. But the other goat was killed as an offering. The sins of the people were placed upon the head of that goat, and that goat was made an offering. My friends, Barbarous represents each of us. Jesus Christ was sent to his crucifixion so that you and I could be released. We are the actual sinners. We are the ones who have done wrong. But he was sent to the cross so that we could be released, so that we could be freed, so that we could experience redemption. That is the beauty and that is the symbolism of Barabbas and the painful reality of the Savior being chosen to go like a lamb to the slaughter for you and I. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.